0: You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is Father James Shaw, and I would like to uh, do a lecture, which is called On Rereading Regensburg. It was originally given as a talk in Washington to the Annual Meeting of the Fellowship of Catholic Scholars in 2012. I have a book on the Regensburg Lecture, which was given by Pope Benedict uh, in the city of Re- Regensburg after he was first uh, became Pope. And it is a major, uh, an important address, a major address. And um, some time after that, I uh, wanted to go back and take a look at it. So I'll begin with two quotations. There are several quotations from Benedict. The first one is, says that, quote, the encounter between biblical the biblical message and Greek thought did not happen by chance, which is what he said in the Regensburg Lecture. He also said in the Regensburg Lecture, number 25, uh, the contrast with the so called uh, intellectualism of uh, Augustine and Thomas, there arose with Duns Scotus a voluntarism which, in its uh, later uh, development, led to the claim that we can only know God's voluntas ordinaria, his ordinary will. Beyond this, it is Uh, is the realm of God's freedom, in virtue of which he could have done the opposite of everything that he has originally done, the end of the quote. And the third one also, uh, number 59, from the Regensburg Lecture, he says, modern scientific reason, with its intrinsically platonic element, uh, bears witness itself to the question which points beyond itself and beyond the possibilities of its uh, methodology. Modern uh, scientific research quite simply has to accept the uh, uh, rational structure of matter and the correspondence between our spirit and the prevailing rational structure of nature as a given in which its methodology has to be based. The end of the quote. So the Regensburg lecture was delivered by Benedict XVI on Tuesday, September the 12th, 2006, or a mere eight years ago, and it was given some years, uh, some years after 9/11. It was. Uh, an academic lecture uh, one of uh, uh, the greatest one of the greatest of that genre ever given it was delivered in a faculty familiar to him a place where uh, though the world was looking on he could still uh, uh, assume that he would be understood with all of the nuances freedom and implicit. Uh, suppositions that went into the scholarship uh, behind the lecture. In reading this lecture, one can feel the warmth and affection of the Pope that he had for his German academic uh, experiences. The immediate uh, reaction to the lecture was not uh, unlike uh, that given to uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn after his Harvard lecture of 1978, and in it, and in a way, for the same reason, it showed again the uh, relative separation from politics and uh, publicity that academia requires, if it is to be able to speak the truth of things—a truth that academics themselves do not always. Welcome. The latter topic, uh, to speak and to understand the truth of things, was the purpose and justification of a university as such. Uh, The lecture also showed the intellectual courage uh, that it often requires to speak the truth in any uh, modern forum, especially an academic one. Ironically, academic academia itself sometimes requires police and military protection for it to be uh, what is intended to be. The Pope recognized this uh, fact of reality in his lecture at number 13. If anything was uh, uh, particularly frightening about this lecture, It was the threat of violence that it brought forth and the reasons for it. No doubt remains that this threat is on the uh, minds of all university lecturers and researchers uh, that seek to uh, discuss the truth, uh, especially of Islam and of modern relativism. Universities themselves do not include all truth uh, conspicuously, conspicuously, that truth of revelation within their sphere of interest. The last sentence uh, of the lectures are these. It is to this great uh, logos, to the word, to this breath of reason, that we invite uh, uh, our partners in the dialogue of culture. To rediscover it constantly is the great task of the university, in you know, quote number 63. The Regensburg Lecture is nothing less than an effort to reestablish uh, among us uh, or establish for the first time, as the case may be, just what a university is in its uh, entirety and what it is uh, to deal with, uh, that is, with everything, including revelation. Regensburg Lecture is the first important, playful uh, document in modern times that addresses in any way, in the light of its uh, record, the question, what is Islam? a question that is itself at least uh, uh, 1,400 years old and still lacks a thorough and official uh, treatment in the light of Christian revelation, Uh, the two basic basic points of which the Trinity and the Incarnation, Islam specifically um, uh, denies. And yet, in addressing this question in the way he did, uh, through the logic, logical consequences of theological voluntarism, uh, Benedict uh, detected the same uh, issue in Western philosophy and scientific presuppositions that are fundamental to explaining Islam's uh, rationale about itself. Eastern and Latin Averroism cautiously resonate with each other. Looked at in this light, the lecture was what few others were willing to see, namely that what separates Islam and modern thought is not uh, so distant after all. Actually, the Uh, recent rise of Islam is uh, possible because in various ways, many Muslim uh, politicians and thinkers see this intercoherence between them. In this sense, I think, uh, Benedict was more immediately interested in the soul and mind of the West than of Islam, which Later, in the in its premises, has uh, uh, remained pretty much fixed for centuries. Finding some way to talk with Islam has been on the agenda for some time. The initiative, uh, the forum, and even the ideas of a forum usually come. From the side of the Church with roots going back to Plato and Aristotle. Islam, perhaps uh, sensitive to the uh, implications of its own philosophical roots, uh, does not really uh, seem interested in talking to anyone except on its own terms. A resurgent, confident and aggressive Islam is a problem of major political proportion. But little is new about this issue, except the uh, confidence, the uh, worldwide expansion of Islam, uh, so that all the world will be subject to Allah was part of its uh, original uh, inspiration. What is remarkable, however, is that Islam and modern scientific, uh, modern secular science and politics may well be uh, intellectually uh, closer to each other uh, than either is to classical philosophy and Christian revelation. This uh, philosophical closeness is what the Regensburg lecture was about. The two-truth theory in Islam meant that Allah could change his mind, and hence reality, on the any question, so that nothing in reality uh, was stable. Hence, it could not be examined by reason. Truth could be contradictory otherwise. Otherwise, Allah's power was said to be limited if it if he couldn't do the power of contradiction. In the West, in a logical development that led uh, from SCOTUS to Hume, uh, once any uh, trace of order in nature was removed, the human mind could make reality into whatever it wanted it to be. Both positions held that nothing uh, necessary or stable Could be found in god-man or nature. The divine mind of Allah and the human mind of the relativist scientific scientific, uh, thinker, ironically, were identical. The Regensburg Lecture is a remarkable example of putting things together, always itself a basic purpose of intellect. In a relatively short lecture of some 15 pages, many apparently diverse and disparate things are related to each other in a coherent uh, logical way. The Pope is a master of the philosophical whole. In the first uh, citation above, Benedict makes the provocative point that the encounter of Greek thought and revelation was not a matter of chance. Most historians of philosophy, of course, will maintain that it was uh, merely an accidental encounter or else of necessity. And from a human view, these may well be uh, correct, except for one thing. It is not merely a question of scientific theory and possible philo- uh, philosophy of history. The Pope implies that it was neither mere chance nor absolute necessity, both of which have a proper place uh, in reality. Uh, in the reality that doesn't that does exist, at some level, the encounter and its results were intended. In this, If this is so, what was the purpose of the uh, encounter between what has come to be called Jerusalem and Athens? The starting point of Benedict's reflection is Paul's call to go over into Macedonia. In the Acts 10, many philosophers of history have worried about or ridiculed the idea that God chose a certain obscure tribe in the Middle East in which uh, initially to uh, reveal his purpose. How odd of God to choose the Jews was Belloc's amusing remark. The Pope implies further that Paul's being sent to Macedonia, that is, uh, to Greece, Uh, to the land of the philosophers implies that he was uh, not being sent to be, say, he was not being sent to, say, India or Japan or Africa or China or or to any other region or culture, at least in the beginning. Before this uh, uh, farther sending could uh, could happen, The uh, encounter with Greece first had to take place. Paul was being sent among the philosophers uh, whom he would meet uh, unsatisfactorily in uh, in Corinth, Athens, and Philippi, and Thessalonica, uh, whom he would sometimes openly call uh, foolish, he called, as sometimes Paul did. Evidently, something uh, was found developed in Greece, that was not seen so well elsewhere. This <clears throat> antiqueness of Greek, of Greece, would have uh, something to do with the uh, multiculturalism <clears throat> that the Pope says is the third and perhaps the most dangerous step in the process of uh, dehumanization that follows from the rejection of the proper relationship of reason and revelation. Vanity, however, does not find it at all odd that God chose the Jews. In the Old Testament itself, the Jews are not exactly praised for their good qualities of steadfastness to Yahweh. Uh, They often seem fickle, complaining, and unfaithful to the terms of their divine uh, selection. Looking back at the Old Testament from Macedonia, however, uh, what does Benedict see? He sees that in the Hebrew Bible, we already find certain philosophical uh, intimations that point to Greece, uh, that, that is to philosophy. We are used to the notion that revelation is something, as it were, beyond reason. Philosophy cannot directly conclude to revelation, but we now begin to wonder if it is uh, rather something directed to reason, and that this uh, relation (coughs) was among the first things that had to be worked out in the early church. The I Am of Exodus and Christ's often repeated I Am take on a, uh, gives a consistently new light uh, when read against the works of Plato and Aristotle. Benedict concludes from this relationship that the going to Macedonia was not just an accident, But it was uh, intended that uh, revelation be first addressed to philosophy, not to religion. What is understood by this relationship is far-reaching. It means that all knowledge is not to be uh, based on uh, revelation. Reason has its own scope and uh, approach that <clears throat> needs to uh, be set in motion uh, precisely uh, to see that revelation is addressed to it. John uh, thus spoke the final word, quote, uh, on the biblical concept of God. And in this word, all other uh, Toilsome and tortuous threads of biblical truth find their culmination and synthesis. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos is God, says the evangelist, uh, which the Pope quotes in number 18. This passage recalls the Confession of Augustine, wherein he first encountered the Uh, Platonist. And there he tells us (laughs) that he did find the Word, the Logos, uh, but he did not find there that the Word was made flesh. If man's own reason uh, could on its own power uh, conclude that God was Word, it follows that uh, there was no Uh, No one single method uh, wherein we were uh, to come to a knowledge of the truth. Or to put it another way, uh, two ways uh, seem to belong to each other. Um, To uh, uh, complete each other. To indicate that both uh, arose from the same uh, uh, source. Faith was not uh, irrational. It was addressed to a reason uh, already operative in things uh, that were um, discoverable by the human intellect itself, number 23. Benedict sees in this relationship uh, the origin of the Greek uh, emperor's awareness that God did not uh, uh, approve of violence or uh, irrationality, number 24. The Greek emperor belonged to an uh, assimilation of Greek philosophy and Christian revelation that understood that certain uh, acts were against reason and therefore uh, against the will of God against his logos this um, combination is what in fact uh, formed europe it also meant that europe was something uh, more than a geographical area it was a place where this uh, encounter of reason and revelation was possible Benedict contrasts this position with that of Ibn uh, Haran, a medieval Muslim theologian. Ibn Haran uh, went so far as to say, uh, Benedict quotes, that God is not bound even by his own word, and that nothing uh, would oblige him to reveal the truth to us. Uh, Were it God's will, uh, that we would uh, even uh, uh, have to uh, practice idolatry. That would be, at the end of the quote, that would be all right. This view, uh, developed further by al gazali and other uh, Muslim thinkers, is the central idea, uh, whether it be Muslim or otherwise, uh, that concerns Benedict. After discussing this classic uh, and uh, medieval background, Benedict turns to modern times. He tells us that almost immediately after uh, the clarity of uh, the relationship of reason and revelation was established, uh, particularly with Aquinas, it began to fall apart. The falling apart is, in effect, the separation of reason and revelation. Uh, but it is also a denial of reason. The Pope traces uh, this uh, process in three steps uh, of what he calls de The first step took place uh, when uh, with the Reformation. Uh, the Reformers thought that there was too much metaphysics and philosophy in Catholicism, and they wanted to uh, relate uh, to faith uh, that did not see itself obliged to account uh, to account for reason. The second step uh, had to do with Kant. He separated reason and faith uh, entirely. So that uh, they did not uh, relate to each other at all. After this separation, he sought to save them both. Faith was not concerned uh, with theoretical intellect, but only with practical intellect, in Kant. How we lived was not related to what we knew. He uh, denied faith access to uh, reality as a whole, Pope says. Harnack, the Frozen theologian, took up this position uh, somewhat following Pascal's distinction between the god of the philosophers and the god of Abraham. Harnack wanted to make faith the object of modern science. Thus, he wanted to to uh reintroduce it back into the universities how to do this this uh, uh, more move uh, makes Christ merely a, a fine man he was no divine he has no divine overtones we study him as we study the historical figures of uh, of others the divine in him is simply uh, dropped uh, not considered itself a source of knowledge about his being about his own being Jesus was a moral uh, model uh, but an object of, but not an object of worship Christ becomes a humanitarian in this view Christianity was liberated from uh, metaphysics and theology then. What was left, Christ was not divine. Uh, Christianity was purely historical, and therefore it could be readmitted into the universities. Here again, Benedict sees Kant uh, work. Modern reason uh, self-limits itself to only what it can find by its own methods. Uh, quote The modern concept of reason is based on a synthesis between Platonism or uh, uh, Cartesianism and um, uh, uh, empiricism, a synthesis uh, uh, confirmed by the A success of technology. The The platonic element is the mathematical side of of the matter of matter. The assumption is that mathematics reflects an objective structure in matter. Uh, The formula of mathematics, formula mathematics, actually works work to deal with material things. And modern science, thus presupposes quantity. Uh, nature can also be assured or it can also be used for human purposes so that the uh, method of verification and falsification is used uh, in this way. <clears throat> it is from this background that the modern notion of certainty comes from mathematics and empirical verification. Soon this approach would uh, mean that all human and uh, social sciences also had to conform to this uh, theoretical presupposition. Benedict then points out that this methodology in its very presupposition excludes God and all the reality All the really human things that make life meaningful. Clearly, theology cannot be um, considered as scientific from these premises. Yet, if science is to be a whole, it is to include everything. It cannot exclude the specifically human uh, questions about our origin and our destiny these questions are still uh, raised by religion and philosophy all that is left by this modern by this method is a subjective conscience with supposedly no objective correspondence from this approach ethics and religion have they lost their community forming basis everyone has his own, View of things and things do not form something on which we which we can objectively agree. The Pope sees this as a dangerous situation because ethics then seeks to to have itself on uh, some uh, rest itself on some ideology, not on reality, in order to keep people together. The notion of a community is held together by a common understanding of the good, Uh, that whole notion that is held by the good is undermined. This background brings Benedict to the third stage of deliberation. This is the modern uh, multicultural or diversity uh, stage. To arrive at it, we again return to the Scripture. Uh, The hypothesis is that uh, no uh, intrinsic reason exists why Christianity uh, went to Greece to philosophy. Uh, Paul uh, could have turned any uh, direction he wanted. This position means that we uh, must take out all of um, a uh, uh, Greek influence uh, in the faith, and we must then uh, direct our attention uh, to other uh, cultures, uh, whereas uh, they are to be to become part of them. As a Christianity to become part of them then. We cannot ask of them the questions of reason. Benedict does not think this view is simply false. Some good is found in every uh, culture. The New Testament was written in, in Greek, and there were Old Testament overtones. Not all elements of the early church are uh, needed to be preserved. Uh, which ones should be uh, uh, is why we have a church in the first place and why the church also needs reason. In a most significant passage, Benedict adds, the fundamental, the, quote, the fundamental decisions made about the relationship between faith and the use of human reason are part of the faith itself. They are developments consonant with the nature of faith itself. You know, quote. This reasoning is why. The Pope does not uh, say uh, that Greek philosophy is simply Greek. Uh, the basis in Logos is what lies behind the concern uh, about the voluntarism of Islam and other religions. The going forth to baptize and teach all nations uh, carried with it a uh, physician on the validity of reason in any culture. Benedict emphatically denies that this position is a rejection of what is uh, valuable in the modern age. The positive aspects of uh, modernity are to be acknowledged uh, unreservedly. And yet, mind, including the modern mind, is to be obedient to truth. It is necessary also to see that the dangers that lie in modern science. To do this, we must bring reason and faith together again in a new synthesis. Theology belongs to the university not just as a quaint historical study, but as a discipline uh, that asks questions about the whole, uh, beyond the uh, self-limitation of scientific method. But this uh, exclusion is a prejudice of our positivism. The test of the uh, world, the rest of the world, sees that human questions must be asked about God and what, uh, what it means a reason uh, which is deep uh, to the divine and which relegates religion into the realm of superstition is uh, incapable of uh, entering into a dialogue. With that passage, Benedict turns uh, the whole issue of multiculturalism around. At the same time, he addresses all cultures, From the basis of reason, Uh, that universal reason that was met by uh, by the initial thinkers of Christianity. He does not allow them a culture uh, that denies or ignores them, ignores reason. The same is true of the self-limiting of a scientific method uh, that claims. Uh, to deal with the truth by leaving out uh, most of man's really important questions. Here, Benedict, as often as he often does, returns to Plato. He tells us that this Platonic uh, element is our, in our civilization points beyond itself and beyond the possibilities of the methodology. What does Benedict mean by this? He means that if there is a mathematical structure in nature that it did not put there itself, the discovery of the order of nature leads not to skepticism, but to a kind of substitute reason that does not explain itself. Such questions can be remanded by the sciences to philosophy and theology. Philosophy is a source of real knowledge, Benedict said. At this point, Benedict recalls the uh, a striking passage from Plato's Phaedo. It is addressed to the question of many false philosophers uh, that abound in the city. The implication is that uh, something true can be found in their uh, in their midst. <clears throat> what is true is seen as just another falsity for many, and uh, there are many false theories. This attitude leads to the uh, position that nothing can be true. Socrates' response to this situation uh, something Benedict agrees with is this. Quote, it would be easily understood if someone became annoyed at all of the false notions uh, that for the uh, rest of his life he um, uh, despised and mocked all talk about being. Uh, But in this way, uh, he would be deprived of the truth of existence and would suffer a great loss. In a quote Plato. The fact of a multi- multiplicity of, of errors is not a proof that no truth exists. The aversion to consider this full scale of truth has uh, endangered the West with its own uh, roots in Logos. We need the courage to open ourselves to the whole breath of reason. A theology grounded in biblical faith does address itself to the reason that is found in things. This interrelation uh, of faith and reason was forged uh, when Paul was called to Macedonia, the going forth to baptize and teach all nations was itself uh, in divine providence uh, contingent on this first meeting of Jerusalem and Athens. Benedict ends the lecture uh, by again citing uh, Manuel II, the Byzantine emperor, not to act reasonably not to act with logos is contrary to the nature of God." This affirmation arose from the emperor's Christian understanding of God. Both Islam and the uh, uh, universities are invited uh, to the great logos, to the breadth of reason. The final words of the Pope are that such is the great task of the university. In this sense, uh, from the background of the uh, nature and history of voluntarism, we are left to wonder, have to wonder whether we do have many universities among us. The end of the lecture.